The centrality of our readings for this weekend speak of authority, an authority that is operative and makes things possible. We might see very clearly this authority that's spoken of in the gospel and recognize, of course, Jesus Christ is God. He has an authority. But the more that we pay attention, we may recognize that this authority is something maybe we assume we understand or we place an understanding on it that might be different than what is really going on. We might think of authority in light of something of having power or influence might be a positive way to actually look at it. But power, to see uh, one who has the authority, we oftentimes can think, can get people to do things. Or we could just see Jesus as uh, the most outstanding member of Toastmasters. One who speaks with authority. Right? We could think somehow he has a rhetoric that's exceptional. Is able to convince and move people's hearts. It's got to move something because it's tied in the readings to what we have in the second reading uh, for, or in the first reading from Moses, we have this recognition of these ways in which the people are going to have prophets who then uh, it's life or death and death to the outsider and life to the one who does what they're supposed to. And when you expand the readings from what it is that's in today's first reading, there's a whole list of things that you have to do in order to have life. The Lord is proposing through Moses a very clear path of what we must do, what the Israelite people must do. And so he gives the prophet Joshua to come after and then so on points towards Jesus. And so is Jesus the fulfillment of this authority? Well, St. Paul shows us in the second reading that he isn't changing his ways. The authority of Jesus isn't making it easier. If you understood what was there, he's saying no marriage. It's going to cause you anxiety, he says. Have anxiety about the things of the Lord. And we know throughout Scripture that there's all kinds of ways in which the Christian is called to live, to live very differently. But what is it that makes this possible? In St. Paul's reading, he offers a very important word tied to the authority that he proposes. And he says not to impose a restraint upon you. But why is it that in today's age or in a culture, especially in the church, people think of authority as someone who is restraining you, someone who is putting a restraint on you, right? Most of what the secular world or even people in the church don't like about the teachings of the church is that it's a restraint. Think about anything that people disagree with the Catholic Church on, and I'll bet restraint is part of why they don't like it. Jesus has an authority that restrains us. And St. Paul is reminding us that, however, there is not this restraint upon you when he's talking about these things. But what is? That they're for your benefit. That they're for your benefit. That the authority somehow that Jesus has is an ability to speak, to ask for a kind of life, to ask for a death for self that helps one say, this is for my benefit. 
This is a good for me. But if we don't understand that, if we don't believe that, then the secondary request of how I am to live does feel like a restraint. And over the generations, people are always ready to throw off the restraints of God. And our generation is no different. But I might point out that it is no longer just within the church that people don't want an authority in that way. In a sense, now there is no authority. Everybody, everybody is in charge of their own thing, right? It's no longer uh, top down, I, I'm a part of something that I'm obedient to. Everybody has their own way. You can see this uh, uh, like contracts, right? Uh, if, you're, if someone's in a five-year contract with uh, the MBA, are they really in that contract? Are they be held to that contract? No. <laughs> and actually, the more gifted they are, the better they are, the less that the owner has any control over holding that contract in place. That athlete's going to do whatever they want to do. And we're all like, oh, I hope they don't leave. I hope they stay here. I hope the Vikings keep him. And why do we say that? Because we know even a contract doesn't hold people anymore. Think about work, right? You're all going to end up working in just a few years. Some of you have summer work, and, uh, uh, and you're, some of you are working right now, but definitely you're all working towards having full-time employment. And what does your generation have that my generation and your grandparents' generation didn't have? You have all the authority now, not your employer. Now, that's not the case across the board, but it's certainly the case. GM is trying to get their employees to come back to the office. And they can't do it. And they're like tiptoeing. They're like, they're like, what do we do to get up? They're like, oh, you should come back three days a week. Now, we're not going to impose it across the board, but your departments are going to decide how to implement that. Are you kidding me? 40 years ago, GM would have said, okay, employees, at 3 o'clock every day, you're just going to jump up and say, we love GM, and then sit down and go back to work. And everyone would have done it. People gave their lives to companies. And today, everybody that works for a company is like, oh, I wonder when a better offer is coming. I don't know if I really like it here. Right? It's all flipped. There isn't an authority that has power to make everyone do the thing they need to do. This is happening in every segment of our population. Why is this important? It's important because GM has a mission. The reason that GM is bothered by this is because they're trying to beat to the market or they're trying to do something in regard to electric vehicles and they can't get their mission accomplished because the people aren't coming together. And so why are they wanting to turn the tools and put the pressure on? 
Because they need people in the office to have the collaborative work to keep focused, to keep moving forward to accomplish their goal. My friends, the church is exactly the same. The church is the presence of a mission of salvation. It's life and death. But what do you do when people don't care? What do you do when people say, oh, well, it's not really, I mean, I'm not going to go to hell, am I? When all of a sudden, everyone decides who God is and how to follow. It creates a difficult time bringing people together. And the challenge with the church is, the church is the people brought together. There isn't a church without, the the church is the people brought together, ecclesia, the assembly. And that's where the power of God manifests himself. That's where the grace comes and seeps in when they gather. And the Lord knew from the beginning they would need a particular time. And so he said the Sabbath must be set aside. But he said that within a relationship of authority through Moses and the commandments. And he says it today too. The people must come together. Why? Not because it's a restraint, but because God who created us knows what it is that we need. To see and be together. To hear from the living word what it is that nourishes and moves a people to recognize a history of a people who have uh, left him and come back and left him and come back and left him and come back and have those insightful moments of like, oh my gosh, I think I'm not much different than them. And then God gets to speak to our hearts and say, yeah, and I'm not much different than I was back then either. And I'm still feeding my people. The authority that Jesus has is an authority that speaks into the lowest among us. It's an authority that speaks when we're alone. It's an authority that speaks when we don't expect an answer to what we're looking for. It's an authority that speaks to the one who's like, I've been trying and trying and I still don't find what it is that I want. Because after all, doesn't every person who is gifted at something get to a point in their life where they say, is this it? That's the point Jesus and the church speaks into. Because only Christ can say, it's not. There's something even deeper in you. And this is the gift of God who comes among us. This is what happened when Jesus stood up in that synagogue and spoke. I'd like to say that the clearest example of the authority that Jesus had when he showed up there for you might be manifest in your ability to come into this place maybe your first few times. I might be wrong, but I do know what it was like to be 18 and 19 and 20 years old. 
And at 46, it still moves me that I show up here and you are in this pew. Maybe you too have been surprised when you showed up and found out, oh my gosh, other people want this too? Ah, you mean he or she is Catholic? Oh, you mean they're not Catholic, but they're going to the Newman Center? Or being at a dollar dinner and meeting someone and thinking, they're in my class, what are you doing here? Oh, you come around this place too? And my guess is that that has changed your heart. And in some way, that has moved in a certain sense and made you say, I think I'll go back again. Because as far as I know, other than no, no one else's parents are sitting with you. And I haven't heard anybody say that when they leave here, they have to call home and say, yep, I went. (laughs) You know, those days did exist. And when people were held by restraint, the minute the restraint was removed, they did what they want. And the gift of God is that when restraints are removed and people can do whatever you want, eventually you get to the bottom of that and you say, I need something more than my own will. And the authority of Jesus rises up in the midst. And it might be through the invitation of a friend, the encouragement of something you see on social media, or coming to the Newman Center and recognizing whatever it is that's here, I think, is what I really want. I realize I speak to a diverse group of people. And each weekend, I meet someone who's here for their first time. So maybe I'm preaching into something that you're thinking, Father, you missed the mark. That's fair. But I think God is near. Or all of your friends wouldn't be here. Do you recognize that the presence that drew you here today is the presence of the risen Lord? Do you see that God sent Moses and the prophets to be instruments of his grace to the people? And see that maybe God sent a missionary or a friend or me to be an instrument of him today for you. The more you recognize that the authority is something that comes from God, the more you become a source of that authority when you go other places in this world. And I know that it's already happening because I've heard you and others tell that when you go home and go to Mass, even your own family is surprised at what's happened to you. That, my friends, is you possessing the same authority that Jesus had when he stood up in the synagogue 